Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Everything we've done since training camp is we want to earn the right to be a playoff team. Richard Lovesave! Mike Smith! A game saver! And he got run over by Zach Cassian. Be like one of those top teams, and we're working our way to that level. Connor McDavid danced around Morgan Ryan. Denied by Smith, who saves the game again. Josh Archibald wins the game! My message today is we're trying to win. One-timer score! We are dry on the right circle! No risk, no game. And now we're going to have a goalie for action! This is NHL overtime! This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Arthur Platt. This is Leon Dreisaitl. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Shed. Getting the juices flowing early on the Tuesday edition of Oilers Now. We just got a text here that says it's also Gene Simmons' birthday. Did I overlook that one? 
I want to play some Kiss. Cody, maybe we can work in some Kiss today on this edition of Oilers Now, which, as always, is brought to you by Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. It's Brendan Escott in again today, along with Cody Jansen on the other side of the glass. We are in for Bob Stoffer this week as the big fella takes a well-deserved vacation. And we've got some news right out of the gates. We knew Toronto was going to start pulling some some moves. We we knew Toronto was going to start to reassess and we we frankly knew the same of Pittsburgh. And now we appear to have had a trade. It's been officially announced. Kasperi Kapanen is going back to the team that drafted him in the first round all the way back in 2014. He is now a Pittsburgh Penguin again. The trade shakes down like this. It's a six-player trade. Toronto acquires a 2020 first-round pick from Pittsburgh. That's 15th overall this year, along with a bottom-six player, Evan Rodriguez, 2018 second-rounder, puck-moving defenseman, Philip Hallander, and then David uh, Warsawski, who's sort of a a 30-year-old AHL uh, journeyman. So that's what's going to Toronto. Obviously, the big piece there is going to be that 15th overall pick this year. Pittsburgh acquires uh, Kasperi Kapanen, former Oiler Pontus Aberg, and uh, Jesper Lindgren as well. So, trying to alleviate some of the cap concerns is Kyle Dubas, and, and frankly, some of the concerns of the fan base as well as they have to get a shuffle up in that roster. And the casualty is Kasperi Kapanen. I will say this. Obviously, he is the type of player that GM Ken Holland would have been looking at to bring into Edmonton's bottom six and maybe provide more of a spark. I mean, Kapanen, he's a fast player. He has had a 20-goal, 45-point or 44-point season not too far ago, just a couple of seasons removed from that. So there's there's a little bit of offensive prowess there. But is he is he worth a first-round pick? And what does that mean for the rest of the wingers market? I mean, man, he just signed. So he's on for two more years. Kasperi Kapanen is at $3.2 million off the top of my head. So, you know, Pittsburgh gets a pretty reasonably priced uh, contributing winger. But I think that there's obviously some more moves to shake out here. And if you are GM Ken Holland looking at that Toronto team, Listen, the first thing that I saw sort of come out of the rumor mill was that Jack Johnson was heading from Pittsburgh to Toronto. And that kind of made me worry because Jack Johnson and Adam Larson, who has been talked about as someone the Leafs might really need on that back end, they're sort of the same player, right? They're they're very, uh, you know, they're... they're um, Cycle busters is what I'm looking for. Your your stay-at-home defensive defenseman, and that didn't happen. So could that still be on the table? We will check in. Moving down the line with our guest today, and uh, the main man himself, Mark Spector, will be coming down the pipe at 1.35. That is for our friends at the Horses and Horse Racing. Or pardon me, did I say 1.35? I'm at 12.35. It's for the horses in Horse Racing Alberta who present live racing each Friday and Sunday evening. Now, to comply with AHS regulations, spectators are limited at this time, but you can go online to hpibet.com to watch and wager. So, yes, spec coming down the pipe at about uh, 12.35 today. We'll talk about that trade. John Tortorella picking up a $25,000 fine for uh, bailing on last week's press conference. 
He's no stranger to that sort of thing. Uh, we'll get some thoughts on that as well. And then a big game for the Vancouver Canucks looking to hop back into that series against the uh, number one seed in the West, the Vegas Golden Knights, who... Well, they forechecked Quinn Hughes into tears, Cody. It didn't look good for the Canucks uh, on the back end. Their star players failed to register a shot on goal against Vegas. There's a lot that's going to have to be different. And we're going to connect with Katie Caldwell, freelance sports journalist. She's been a contributor for a Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. She's contributed to Sportsnet 650 down in Vancouver, as well as some stuff with uh, TSN Radio as well. So Katie Caldwell at 135 to talk Canucks and how they can uh, make their way back into that series with Vegas. You want to be a part of the conversation? You can do so on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. We'd love to get your thoughts on the return for Kasperi Kapanen. He's going back to Pittsburgh. Uh, River Cree Resort Casino is back up and at it with over 1,350 slot machines and multiple dining options, including the brand new Italia. The River Cree Resort and Casino excitement, bet on it. You can reach us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line as well. That's 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors, ready for your kids' pre-game warm-up. So the news of the day, obviously, is the big trade. We had a couple of uh, a couple of games on last night. I wasn't sure what to expect out of Philadelphia and the Islanders, Cody, because as we know, the Islanders are a very defensively responsible team. They play a simplistic brand of hockey. Hello, Barry Trotz is their coach. Of course they do. But they came out and they had a big 4 nothing win over a Philadelphia team who was the number one ranked team in the East coming out of that qualifying round robin. And they have really not been able to get their offense going the way that they would like it to, but really in the, in any kind of form or fashion that it needs to. Uh, I almost felt bad for Carter Hart in that game, the way, I mean, he was doing what he could to keep his team in it, but eventually you can only bend so much without breaking. So uh, that was a tough one here as we move into some of the action from last night. Uh, we'll get a little bit more on that Eastern Conference series, but uh, I happened to catch more of the Dallas game uh, against Colorado last night. And this is, uh, this is going to, segue into much of the topic of conversation with Mark Spector this afternoon as well. Dallas had a slow start out of the gate last night. They were outshot heavily in that first period. And Nathan McKinnon is on another level right now, Cody. I think the problem, in my opinion, is that he needs to be because it's a one-line effort. It's a one-line team, at least on the score sheet for the Colorado Avalanche. I um, would like to get your thoughts just just quickly here on, uh, on that front. I mean, he's not getting enough help from the power play nor the rest of his teammates, is he? No, the Avs' depth is not there, and it's a lot easier for them to be there when you have, you know, you're playing a team like Arizona. Yeah, a good point. I mean, you, you're talking about a Dallas Stars team who can go a few lines deep, and you could make a case. Fortunately for Dallas, they've got Jamie Benn, Alex Radulov, and Tyler Sagan. That line is firing right now. Uh, Radulov with another uh, game star last night and a goal. It wasn't a pretty one, but it doesn't have to be, right? Just go to the net with your stick on the ice, and sometimes you get those bounces. Well, Dallas really benefited from a couple of different fortuitous things. Anybody who watched that game last night knows right now that that penalty mess in the second period flipped that game on its head. Colorado had the one nothing lead after the first period. They had added to it. It was a 2 nothing lead. And then Corey Perry 
Corey Perry should not surprise anybody around these parts for being a pest, for being somebody who, you know, sort of went uh, went a different way about changing the course of that hockey game. But he crashed hard. We already know. I should say this too. We already know Philip Grubauer has been ruled out indefinitely, as has Eric Johnson, another big body to help protect the front of the goal. So Pavel Francouz has been tasked with this, and Michael Hutchinson, frankly, is not somebody you want starting in the playoffs. So goaltending depth being tested. Corey Perry of the Stars goes hard to the crease. Francouz, he gets a bump, and then Perry from his knees gives him a slash. That in and of itself, should have been the only slashing call in that skirmish, which turned into a brief bit of a dust-up. Everybody, all five guys converge. You know, a couple of helmets, a couple of tackles. It's playoff hockey. Sam Girard, on the back end for Colorado, ended up taking that penalty there. Ian Cole makes a a harebrained decision uh, in his own end, already down a man, puts it on a two-man advantage, and Dallas scored on both of those power plays to tie that game, and then ultimately they moved forward and pressed and were able to to take the lead. So, listen, I, I don't necessarily like how it's been officiated since the restart. And that goes back to the qualifying round. Everybody's going to have a little bit of rust right now. But for me, I'm not a big fan of the fact that once again, we've seen officiating essentially maybe not change the outcome of the game, but certainly change the course of the game. But that said, just like we talked about in that San Jose Vegas series last year, when Pavelski got uh, knocked on his face and was down and and then that five-minute power play altered the series, well, Dallas is up two games now. So let's hope that it doesn't change the trajectory of everything. Colorado's got to take some responsibility, Cody, though. Uh, Merrill Heiskanen and Dallas's defense have been electric this playoffs. They're up over 30 points as a unit. Heiskanen is responsible for 14 of those. And it was actually Essa Lindell who jammed home uh, the game really last night. I think that was the third goal, in fact, with that big video review. Was that third or fourth? That was the fourth. That it was, was the fourth. The fourth? Okay, so that's that was ultimately the dagger on that play. But yeah, I, the Dallas is proactive defense. That's something that the Oilers have really been missing for a long time. You know, sitting up in the press box and you're looking at the stats sheet uh, for the Oilers and and on defense. I mean, you go 20 games into a season, the Oilers' defense might not collectively have had 30 points in in this most recent season, certainly not last year. It is obviously a difference-making factor. But they're playing in front of an Anton Hudobin who is actually doing pretty darn well for himself in place of an injured Ben Bishop. And Hudobin says that after falling behind 2-0, it was important for him to to stay focused. I wasn't really focusing on the score. I know we were down, but I was just thinking shot after shot. Uh, It's a long game. It's 60 minutes, right? So uh, I got to just do my job and... uh, Stop them. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> Playoff hockey, whatever. Sloughing it off. Uh, that's our first bit of the Oilers Now Audio Vault. That is brought to you by Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. 
Yeah, he was uh, the first star last night. 40 shots on goal, 38 saves for Anton Hudobin, and some of those were incredibly difficult. There was one right at the side of the goal off of a, a broken play. I'm trying to think of who had the opportunity at the side of the net, but Hudobin was right there after it skipped right at the end of the period, Cody. Uh, at end of the second period, if I'm not mistaken. Skipped over the Dallas defenseman's stick, and Hudobin standing tall. So it's not like uh, you know a Simeon Varlamov shutout where most of the shots are coming from outside and there's only 18 of them anyway. Hudobin's been awesome in uh, getting called into action here. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr, in, in some senses, I think is only getting overshadowed by Haskinen because of the offensive production of the of the Dallas defenseman. You know, McCarr played 27 minutes last night for Colorado. And what was more telling to me than the ice time was the fact that it was him Gabriel Landeskog and your starting goaltender, Pavel Francouz, uh, at the podium answering questions after a big loss in Game 2 and not fearing any of it, taking it right head on. You know, does that not say something about the character of the player to you? It does to me. Oh, he's going to wear a C one day in this league. That's that's without a doubt. And as you said, like just that we get to watch Makar and Haskinen go head-to-head in this series, that's incredible. I mean, those are two of the best, if not the best, young defensemen in the entire NHL. I mean, this is just something special. You have to enjoy it. You see Makar every other shift out there. It's pretty incredible, if you ask me. Okay, so uh, continuing on down with the Western Conference here in the Oilers Now Audio Vault. Tonight, it's the Canucks and Golden Knights. We talked a little bit about, you know, what the Canucks are going to have to do. We'll hear more from Katie Caldwell coming up at 135 on that front. But amid this hockey series is now a bit of drama in the crease. And of course, Knights head coach Pete DeBoer, as we dip into the audio vault once more for our friends at Direct Work, where it says his team right now trying to stay focused. We're inside the bubble and, and we're in our own bubble inside the bubble where we're not going to let any any of that outside noise or or uh, stuff uh, get in the way of what we're trying to do, and that's and that's keep advancing here towards hopefully a Stanley Cup. <laughs> they're in they're in good shape, man. They are in good shape to push that far. They're looking, they're looking like a fast team, and they just push the pace right. That's what no one else in the league has been able to do. And forecheck as hard as they do when they're pushing the pace. Vancouver, you know, John Shannon mentioned yesterday, Vancouver's really at their best when they're flying up and down the ice and and shooting the puck a lot. And they had none of that in game one. What Vegas does is they fly up and down the ice and they're able to crunch your bones in the backboards, right? They're able to have that intimidation factor. And to me, Cody, that's one of the keys to tonight for Vancouver is you cannot have Ryan Reeves running around out there the way that he was in game one. You can't react the way that Anton Roussel did because that's not Canucks hockey. It's Golden Knights hockey. It's not going to work for Vancouver if they continue down that path. All right, it is one twenty, or pardon me, twelve twenty-three in Edmonton. Uh, we'll press pause on Oilers now. Back with NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. Our sister station, Global News Radio eight eighty, coming up at. Uh 12.30 this afternoon. You're going to hear the uh, the press conference from Premier Jason Kenney's having a minor cabinet shuffle. Uh, so again, you'll hear that uh, on Global News Radio 880 Edmonton coming up uh, after the 12.30 news, it would seem. Uh, Cody, NHL Today. Let's get to it. It's brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandising specialist. Head to ElitePromotionalMarketing.com. We know the big news, but what else is going on? 
Well, as you said, the trade, and I'll break it down a little bit more, Toronto, Casper Kapanen, Pontus Aberg, Jesper Lindberg, Lindgren to Pittsburgh for a first-round pick this year, Evan Rodriguez, Philip Hollander, and David Warsawski. So that's how that one breaks down. Columbus Blue Jackets head coach John Tortorella fined $25,000 for his comments or lack thereof uh, after their game loss against Tampa Bay. And uh, Tampa's coach John Cooper as well announced this morning Ryan McDonough. He's going to be out for game two. That's a big loss for him. That's a guy who eats a ton of minutes. So McDonough not in the lineup tonight for game two against Boston. Oh man, that's not good news for Tampa, who is already without Steven Stamkos, of course. And, you know, Victor Hedman, didn't he have two goals and 25 minutes of ice time in that last game? How are you supposed to do more than what Victor Hedman has been doing for that team on the back end? But what makes Tampa so interesting is the fact that they can go to their second pair to a Kevin Shattenkirk. And oh my goodness, do we have a power play quarterback in that? Like they've They've got horses. That's one thing that I've always appreciated about Tampa in the last, well, probably say five years or so, Cody, has been their their ability to really draft their own depth. And obviously no better example than Braden Point. But, you know, go down the lineup, Kucherov, homegrown and not a first-round pick. Second-round pick, right? But, okay, you know, they, they've done a really good job that way. And when they haven't been able to do it, they've been able to trade for it. McDonough's defensive ability, that's what sticks out to me is how he battles in his own zone. That's what I really think gives him the edge. I mean, maybe not over Hedman, but a guy like Shattenkirk for sure. Yeah, yeah, Shattenkirk obviously wasn't cut out to be a number one defenseman, and that was probably a lot to do, uh, I think, with what you just hit on there. Calgary Flames yesterday, we'll just touch on this briefly and then we'll dig a little deeper into it, but the Calgary Flames, they had their uh, their garbage bag day, their interviews, um, and that's when you typically find out all the injuries that guys have been playing with, which is interesting in hockey because this is one sport where things are pretty, um, pretty deeply veiled in that sense. So to hear that somebody playing the way that Sam Bennett was playing in that series with a torn, he had a torn pack, right? It was tricep. Tr- tricep. It was, was it a try? Okay. Preacher tricep. So, he, you know, there's a guy who was centering a line and then ended up on the wing and still crashing and bashing around out there. So I don't know, is that uh, is that something that you get a shot for? Is that something that you just play through? Obviously, there was no further damage to be done, but, you know, you just, all of a sudden, Milan Lucic started taking face-offs, okay, and you wondered why. And he was damn good at it, too. I watched Luch win like 7 out of 10 face-offs in one of those games. Not enough to get them into the second round, and they're going to have to have some changes of their own there. But uh, Bennett was was the torn tricep. Uh, Rasmus Anderson played on a broken foot. No real surprise there uh, that he was able. He just he's kind of one of those. Hey, oh, it's tough for me to sit here and sound like I'm praising the Flames. Okay, I hate when Rasmus Anderson is on the ice against the Oilers. I love watching Rasmus Anderson play anybody else because he's kind of that burr under the saddle of whatever team. Kachuk, of course, had the concussion. That was kind of you know without saying, but uh, but yeah, there you go. So it'll be interesting around the league to uh, to pick up on who uh, may have been playing through what. 1229 in Edmonton. Mark Spector coming up on the other side of a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, Brendan Escott, Cody Jansen in today on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.